Welcome to the Western Pennsylvania Game Changers podcast, where we talk about charities that are doing great things in Western Pennsylvania and beyond, and how we as volunteers can help them. I'm Chris Hoke, former defensive lineman with the Pittsburgh Steelers. With me is my co-host, Lisa Mitchell. Good to see you tonight, Lisa. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Great to be back with you. During this episode, we're going to talk about several great volunteer opportunities. You can learn more about these opportunities by going to either the Just Serve website or the Just Serve app. The website is www.justserve.org. The app is available for free from Apple's App Store or Google Play. Just Serve is a free service provided by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My co-host and I are members of that church, but you don't need to be to use Just Serve. This evening, we are excited to be joined by Pastor Carrie Charlton of the Pittsburgh chapter of Days for Girls. And also, Carrie Powell, who has been volunteering at Days for Girls for three years. How are you two doing this evening? Great, thanks. Great. It's oh, so exciting to have you two here. And uh, we're excited to discuss Days for Girls and what you, what you do and the volunteering opportunities. So first, Pastor Carrie, will you tell us a little bit about Days for Girls? Days for Girls is an organization. It's international. And we're the Pittsburgh chapter at Third Church. And Days for Girls' mission is to increase access to menstrual care and education by developing global partnerships, cultivating social enterprises, mobilizing volunteers, and innovating sustainable solutions that shatter stigmas and limitations for girls and women all over the world. So they've been reaching 1 million women and girls and wow. counting. So wow. we're over a million now. We're excited about that. And, and yeah. it's exciting. It's just to learn about um, your your... Uh, charity and, and the experiences that are going on there. So share with us how you got involved with Days for Girls. So I got involved when I was hired as the associate pastor for Third Presbyterian Church. And when I got there, there hadn't been someone in that position for about a year. So there were a couple of things, more than a couple of things, um, in the pastor's office that they uh -huh. thought, oh, we'll get to this later, <laughs> or someone will come in and, yeah. and pick this up. And so as I sorted through all those things, some of the Days for Girls stuff was there. So I started asking around about, hey, what is this? And um, there was some interest in getting it off the ground and launching it, and so that's what we did. So they had sort of picked it before I got there, and I fell into it, and it's been a happy accident. That's exciting. And, and so tell us a little bit how Days for Girls started. How did it start? So Days for Girls, we started in Pittsburgh in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, but Days for Girls really began in 2008 when the founder and CEO, Celeste Mergens, um, was working with a family foundation on the outskirts of Kenya where she began assisting in an orphanage. And um, in some some things that happened there, uh, historic post-election violence around that time, the orphanage swelled from 400 children to 1,400 children. So there was a lot of need, mm -hmm. and you know she was asking a lot of questions like, how do you get them to school? Where do they sleep? And, yeah. and trying to get some idea of what the need would be now that it's swelled in size. And at one point she said, what are the girls doing to manage their, their period? And the director um, emailed her back and said nothing. Wow. They sit in their rooms, usually on a piece of cardboard or something on their bed, and they wait for it to be over. Oh, man. So they miss school. Yeah. And part of missing school is also missing lunch. <laughs> so they're not just, they're losing days of education, so they're falling behind in school, they're dropping out, and they're missing the nutrition, yeah. especially as an orphanage. Um, that's the place they're getting fed. So that was a problem. 
And uh, the first solution Celeste came up with was, oh, we'll get all these companies to donate you know, the, the disposable products like we use. Yeah. And it was a disaster because they had nowhere to dispose of them. Oh, so it brought okay. even more shame and stigma to the yeah. girls there. So she realized reusable was the way to go. And Days for Girls has had multiple patterns. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things that we love about Days for Girls is they don't just drop these and say, good luck. Um, they go in, they provide an education yeah. um, about how to use and care for the kid, about what menstruation is. And then after a little while, they send a survey and they follow up with the girls. How did it work? Is it working for you? Um, what problems have you run into? What can we do to make it better? So the pattern has evolved several, probably more than several, probably like 20 times over okay. the years. Yeah. Um, and it's based on feedback that we're getting from women and girls that use it. So we know that the product that we're making right now um, will last for three years, um, will hold up to hand washing, and will be line dried, and all of these things we, we've learned from girls that are using them. So what, how is this received by some of the older generations out there in uh, places where this is being received? Um, you, I'm not sure exactly. I think it's going over well. Usually don't just drop them somewhere. Um, they usually encourage you to know your community. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what I do as a person in Pittsburgh that's making the kits and someone wants to take them, I say, okay, where are you distributing them? Do the people know you're dropping them sure. off? Is it something they've identified as a need? Is it something they've already bought into? We don't want to be a charity that just dumps things at their door and like says, oh, look at this good thing we did for you. We want to make sure that there's local buy-in. So generally, um, there is a lot of local buy-in yeah. when this happens. And so there's not adverse reactions yeah. um, based on generations, but it's been well-received in the places that it goes. Yeah, so, so give our, view, our, our listeners kind of a, a background of why there's such a need for this. So um, Days for Girls is international. So a lot of what we think, especially in Pennsylvania and Western PA, uh, we have a lot of groups that go to Uganda. So mm -hmm. our, our mission is focused in Africa. But Days for Girls really does hit a lot of the world. Um, and so it goes to, you know, it's been on all continents. Um, so culturally, there's some things happening, right? There's, there's lack of education about um, what's happening with our bodies and mm -hmm. how things some um, religious or cultural taboos come up, right, that um, you're unclean sure. or that you can't go into religious services or you can't attend school because this is a dirty and thing. And they think happened. it's a sin when this when the right. menstrual cycle goes, yeah. goes on. Yeah, and they think that it's, you know, that it's it's going to cause harm to other people, yeah. right? So and um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see the cultural things that have developed around it. Um, some women are asked to leave the home and stay in a shed and be very separate from their family and from their community, um, often with, with dangerous consequences. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot of things that happen in, in different cultures around it. Um, and part of it is that if you are a family that's struggling, um, you're going to buy food before you buy something else yeah. for your children. And so often menstrual products are just something that they can't afford. And it's a luxury. It's a it's a luxury yeah. item, right? Um, and in some states here in the U.S., it's taxed like a luxury item. Yeah. Um, so there's period poverty everywhere. Yeah. But um, but what we're seeing is that often girls will um, will miss school, and because they don't want to say why they're missing school, they'll say like, "I have a stomach ache. They need me at home." Like you know, and they make other reasons for why they can't go. So when you look at when girls are dropping out of school, it's about when they're hitting their periods. Yeah. 
And um, because and Karen, they they really are. They're shamed if they have right, a period. Right. Yeah. It's absolutely shaming, and it's it's hard to get the products you need to stay in school. And if you're a family that has to choose, if you're paying for school, if you're paying for food, um, you're going to send your son to school because yeah. there's no there's not I shouldn't say there's no barriers, but there are far fewer barriers mm -hmm. to sending your son to school. And so it, it creates a cycle of poverty. Yeah. And what we're finding is that when women have access to menstrual health and hygiene, not just the education, but the actual products, they stay in school longer. They delay childbirth and marriage. And I'm not talking about like when people say, don't get married to your 30. Like this, <laughs> that's not it. It's, it's when your body is physically ready, yeah. right? So there's less child brides. Women are able to make better choices about when they have children. So their children are healthier and happier. Um, and it pulls the whole village really out of a, of a situation that was bad. Right. So um, giving girls access to menstrual hygiene products, um, you know, changes their world. Right. So talk to me about a little bit more about the sustainable solutions that was the focus of Days for Girls. Mm -hmm. I think that's really cool. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So sustainability doesn't mean that every girl gets one of these kits that we're making. Um, it's not everyone's first choice, right, for, for menstrual health and hygiene. Um, I've tried it, it's not my first choice. It works, um, and I can <laughs> give you way too much information. Um, so I'll refrain, <laughs> Days for Girls also has a cup kit. Um, it's about what makes sense for your body, it's what about what makes sense for um, cost effectiveness, um, for keeping you in school. It's, it's the smart girl's choice to use reusable. Uh -huh. Our kit includes two pair of regular underwear. It includes two waterproof shields, and mm -hmm. those look like they're the same shape as an always with wings, mm -hmm. if that makes sense, right? And then inside that are liners that fold, and that's what absorbs the blood and is washed and hung out to dry. Okay. So they have all of that in the kit. Right, thank you. Mm -hmm. So t tell us some of the I mean, Days for Girls, a chapter is in Pittsburgh that you are part of. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the volunteering opportunities that there are down there? Okay, there's a ton of things to do. A lot of people think, oh, I have to know how to sew, which is not true. Um, there, there are a lot of things that you do have to sew or learn to sew. Um, and we can teach people, um, but there's lots of non-sewing things to do. I am in desperate need of an Iron Man. Iron Man. Yes, someone to man the ironing board. And uh, usually I can talk talk some young man into it if I call iron. him Iron Man the whole yeah. time, right? Um, Is there a costume or kind of an outfit that comes with it? You know, if it would get me someone to iron, I would make a costume. Um, but yeah, so things like that are really needed. Um, right now we're getting ready for a big project, so I need people who can um, lift big boxes mm -hmm. and get things moved around for us. Um, there's always lots of non-sewing jobs, um, sorting, packing, um, and double checking what someone else has sewn. Yeah. We're doing a lot of quality control um, for other groups right now. So there's a ton of things to do that don't necessarily involve sewing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so any volunteer is great. I saw on your website you had kind of like sewing parties or big events. Is this um, one that you just spoke about, was that one of them, like a big? Oh, upcoming events. So we're doing this weekly. Sewing party. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., we have this event, and that's when people can come in and sew or not sew and, and help. And uh, yeah, we do it every week. We serve lunch. Often it's pizza because <laughs> that's easy for me to throw in sure. um, the oven at church and bring downstairs. But sometimes some of our volunteers will make a meal, and that's really nice. 
we're intentional about um, having lunch together though. So we do try to eat all at the same time. We clear off a couple of tables and we sit down together because for, for us, it's more than just making kits. It's more than just helping little girls. It's about building community. Well, it's we a fellowshipping it. opportunity too, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with people from all over our neighborhood that wouldn't have otherwise had an opportunity to meet. Yeah. So we're intentional yeah. about lunchtime. Love yeah. that. Yeah. So Carrie Powell, so we want this. Tell us about why you got involved with Days for Girls. I lucked into it. I was just looking for something to volunteer with and to get involved with in Days for Girls. When I researched it, just checked a lot of those boxes of things I was interested in. Uh -huh. And I just said, I'm going to be brave and head down by myself. And I walked into the church and I saw Carrie. And I said, do you need any help? And she said, can you sew? And, That's right. Yes, I can sew. And she put me to work. And three years now, I never stopped. So she just roped me in there. So what have been some of the things that you've really enjoyed doing as you've volunteered there? I, I really like the mission of Days for Girls. Okay. I, I mean, I really believe in it. And I think what they're doing is wonderful. Um, in the care that they put into it with the research and talking to everyone there, giving the education. So they know this product works. They know this product, there's a need for it um, and people want it. Yeah. And then as far as our group goes, it's just so fun. Is it so it, fun? It's just so fun. Um, she likes the fellowshipping opportunities. Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the best part of it. Um, yeah. You know, we've become really close friends and you do get to meet so many people that you never would have met before. Yeah. Um, and it's a fun group to sit there and have lunch with and just have that interaction it's a great with social all these time. other people. Yeah. yeah. It is. That's a big and volunteering part of what at the we same do. time, right? Right. It's a big part of it. You you get a lot out of it yeah. as well as giving to it. So if you were sitting in front of someone and you were trying to explain to them dates for girls and why it's so important to you and why they need to be there, what would you say? Mm -hmm. Um I I would want people to come. I really think that they would feel good about coming. You know, yeah. that it's something it's just a great experience to be there and step away from yourself. Yeah. and think about someone else and how you can help them. Um, it's, it's a nice break of your day to do it that. Is. And as far as Days for Girls, I mean, just what Carrie was talking about, helping all these girls and women all over the world, when you help each one of them, that in turn helps their community, and it just spreads and spreads and spreads. Yeah. It's amazing that uh, I've read, and we've talked about this before we, we started this podcast, that you've helped over one million young women yeah. throughout the world. Mm -hmm. So that's the Remarkable. overall Days for Girls organization. Our um, our group, the first year that we set out to make kits, we made 75. And we were so proud of Absolutely. Kids. You have 75 young women, though, Pastor. Yep, exactly. And the next year, we made 705. Wow. And the year after that, we made 1,453. And last year, we made 2,930. Wow. And so this year, we're up over 1,000. But we've taken a small break um, from making kits. We're doing the quality control for the East Coast groups. And so other teams what and chapters. What is that, chapters. quality control? So we're double-checking their kits. Okay. So okay. mostly East Coast um, teams and chapters have mailed their kits to us. And we've inspected them. Some of them we've had to fix. Um, before we repack them and all of these kits are going to four refugee camps um, Somalia South Sudan Afghanistan and Lebanon, okay, and where our goal is 10,000 at each of these camps uh -huh. 
So there are um, 6,000 kits have made it to our, our chapter. Um, I commandeered another room in our church <laughs> and said, we need to have this room be off limits for a little while, and we're using it as storage. And um, I'm really lucky that we have that kind of space in our building yeah. that we can shuffle things around. Yeah. But um, the project's been incredible, an, an incredible amount of work and um, incredible for connecting us with other teens and chapters that are doing this and, and looking at a really global impact um, in how we respond to refugee yeah. needs. And uh, we're really excited to be part of it, but it means that we're not really making more kits right now because we're doing repairs and repacking. Right. But you're making sure they're so done right. We're making, making sure, sure it's done, done right. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So we feel really good about that. And we are, we're talking about this year, the goal isn't a number goal. Um, the goal for this year is quality and it's about making connections. Yeah, so, um, cause that's what everybody asks, like how many kits have you made and, and what's next year's goal? And we're always looking at numbers, but this year we're really taking some time to, to sit back, to think about quality, to think about what we're really doing here. Um, and, and to make better connections with our neighbors and with people who potentially can take the kits places and, and other places that we may have not thought of taking kits. Right. Um, really, really looking into that yeah. this year. Yeah. So our goal this year isn't numbers, but it's quality. And so cause sometimes we yeah. get caught up in kind of the process we of do. it and we forget mm -hmm. about why we are doing exactly. the volunteering, why what we're doing to help those around the world. So I like that where you're kind of looking inside yourself and say, why am I actually doing this and what's the purpose? Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's wonderful. Right. How many chapters are there around Pittsburgh, Western Pennsylvania? I know there's some that are in West Virginia. Yeah, there, right. They're in Wheeling, mm -hmm. and there's one, another one in West Virginia. Yeah, there's I also would, some in Ohio, mm -hmm. and you head out east in Harrisburg, and you have one in uh, um, out at Fort Hill. I you read. really looked at the map. <laughs> so there are yeah. there are quite a few there around this area. There are quite a few. Um, so our chapter, like we said before, is at Third Church, and we are in Shady Side, mm -hmm. and we're just outside of Oakland. So. For some people, that's a commute that they don't want to sure. make, which I understand um, as someone who makes it daily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've gotten used to it. I really love it now. But um, but we do have a group in the North Hills mm -hmm. that has been meeting um, because there are a group of women that are deeply involved in the project but don't want to drive into town. Right. So there's a group in the North Hills that started. There's a group in Valencia, PA, that started. Um, and they're, they're their own separate team now completely, so we don't get their stuff anymore. But... Um, and a team out near the airport is just starting up too. Okay. So there's a few really local the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh airport. Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh airport, yes, okay. yeah, Pittsburgh International Airport. Um, so there's a few groups really local, but they are all over the country. And um, we've interacted with some college students because we are so close to Oakland, and a few of them have gone home and found a team or chapter near them yeah. at home that yeah. they didn't know was there. Yeah. And so that's been kind of a cool um, part of the project too. Well, that's cool. So are these locations? I'm assuming on. A website do you link them in your website to the you know the North Hills location and stuff like that yeah so so are... not every team and chapter is on the website they are only there if they request it and okay. some of them that are so small and starting up just really can't handle a huge influx of volunteers rates. right away yeah, yeah right? right so there's some reasons some, some groups are not on the website but if you go to the days for girls website you can like when it says volunteer, I think, or get involved, I forget what their drop down is, but yeah. it's it's an obvious one, yeah. right? right? And then you click on find a team or chapter, it takes you to a map, it blows up your area if you need to like zoom in and find which one is actually right. closer. Okay, so tell us how to get involved locally through the Just Serve app or our Just Serve website. 
Okay, so when you go to the Just Serve app, you can find the Days for Girls Pittsburgh chapter, and it gives you our time, which is Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., and um, you can click on my email address, and then the church phone number is there, too, and they can get you in touch with me. Um, if you scroll down just a little bit further, if you're not in the immediate Pittsburgh area or you don't want to drive into town, um, there's a website, which is the international website. So when you get to the international website, you can click on Get Involved, and when you scroll down it, it says find a local chapter or team near me. And you type in your zip code and it will bring up what's local to you. So if you live in Erie, there's an Erie team, there's a Grove City team, there's a team in Canton, Ohio, there's one in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Um, so there's lots of teams around here. I don't know them all, but they uh, most of them are on the website and you can look them up there by zip code. Perfect. That's, that seems pretty seamless. Thank you. Okay, one more question for both of you then, Pastor Carrie and Carrie Powell. Um, I love to hear about like success stories or, you know, things that have been special to you or some experience either with volunteers or the people that you have been able to affect through Days for Girls. Tell our listeners about that. Um, so for me, it's about the volunteers that are here locally. I haven't I haven't traveled with Days for Girls yet. Um, I'm hoping to eventually, but for me, it's about the people in our neighborhood. So part of my job at the church is Days for Girls, and part of my job is reaching out to our local community um, and doing mission and um, outreach um, to just people in our neighborhood. So what we found was that there are um, a couple of halfway houses in our neighborhood. So there are women that are re-entering um, after being in prison. They're re-entering sort of life, and this is the step before they get paroled, yeah. right? Um, so they are required service hours, and so they come and um, meet with us. And we've learned a lot about them. I've learned a lot about what it's like to be in prison <laughs> and um, a lot of things I didn't know. And, and just their warmth in sharing their experience has been very meaningful um, the other halfway house is a, um, a place where people are rehabbing after alcohol addiction. Um, we have a group um, called Easter Seals, and they come. Um, there's three women that come with their supervisor, and they're adults with special needs. And so they say hello to everyone when they come in, and they say goodbye to everyone when they come in. And when you see some of these women that are a little rough around the edges from their life experience light up and say hello and goodbye to these sweet women, um, it's just an amazing interaction. They really like soften the room in a, in a lovely way. Um, we also have college students, which I continue to be inspired by. Um, we have a lot of Pitt students, Chatham students, a handful from CMU, Duquesne, Point Park, you know, the, the local area colleges. Um, and these, these college students, um, women and men alike, are so concerned about other people. They're concerned about the environment, about women's issues, about sustainability. They ask tough questions um, about, is this really doing good and not harm, right? We, we hear about charities that are not, are, are sometimes causing more problems than they're right. solving. Mm -hmm. And these kids are really thoughtful about that. Um, and they're really particular about what they're doing. and. Um, they have not just in mind their own career, but how it can be used for the greater good too. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure I was that 
um, way when I was in college, <laughs> but um, I look at them and I'm just amazed. We had a student do a research project about preeclampsia in mice um, over the summer. And so we set up a night where she did a big presentation for all of us and answered these amazing questions and talked about how um, Days for Girls is important um, in ways that I didn't think of before. And she talked about just having people out there talking about women's health is important. There's a lot we don't know about preeclampsia because it hasn't been researched because mm -hmm. we just don't advocate for women's health like we should. And um, so it all sort of ties in and these kids have found these amazing connections and it's just inspiring to be with all these people. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, thank you. That, that sure is wonderful. And what I love, what I'm really touched about is, I know our, our listeners can't see us um, as we're talking, but as you, Pastor Carrie and Carrie Powell, when you two talk about um, this uh, organization, your faces light up mm -hmm. and you smile and you can tell that you truly love what you're doing mm -hmm. and you truly love the people that you're doing it with. Yeah. And that's what's just amazing to learn about tonight. And I hope that our listeners can feel that through this podcast about what an amazing organization that Days for Girls is and that we're hoping that our listeners will reach out and get on the Just Serve uh, website and on yeah. the app and reach out to you and, and volunteer and help in this wonderful and amazing cause. And I'd, I'd like to tell you that we are the most amazing group in Pittsburgh. But that, oh, I, I don't doubt it. That, I don't doubt it. Yeah, but I, I can tell you for sure that would be a lie because I've gone to regional conferences and every Days for Girls volunteer lights up when they talk about their team Today. and chapter. And there's something really amazing and inspiring about this all this overall organization um, that does translate locally everywhere. So I really encourage people to check out the Just Serve website, learn more about Days for Girls on their website. Um, I started a blog, Period Pastor. Um, so you have periodpastor.com. Uh, no one else picked that blog name, so <laughs> it was open. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've I've shared some stories there about um, about people that we've met through the project, about um, information that we're gaining. I, people send me the most bizarre emails now um, <laughs> because we're involved in this. So I get every menstruation article, I get every menopause article, <laughs> I get any any little girl doing anything amazing, I get all the time. Wow. And um, there's so much inspirational stuff out there. And so we've sort of collected it there and on our Pittsburgh chapter Facebook page, um, we really try to post some of these uplifting stories yeah. that are coming out of the Days for Girls organization and out of our volunteer groups and just word of mouth. And right. um, so there's a lot to be inspired by. Yeah. Right. So as we talk about all these things that Days for Girls does, you know, naturally you think, hey, women serve there quite a bit, or volunteer mm -hmm. there quite a bit. And uh, you talked about this earlier in the podcast that men, mm -hmm. there are opportunities for them. Can you just, uh, just reiterate to our listeners the volunteering opportunities for men? Oh, absolutely. So the volunteer opportunities are the same for everybody. I don't like separate you into different rooms. Um, so if you're looking for a really responsible <laughs> uh, partner, uh, you can come and check us out. But yeah, there are men that serve alongside women in this group. Um, we've had some missionaries in the area um, serve. And um, we've also had uh, a group of, of boys from Pitt um, some of the pit service days, students just sign up to do service and they don't know what they're signing up for. <laughs> so I think we got like, 
I don't know, the basketball team one time, the boys' basketball team came. It was, it was some boys' They must have sports. thought they were going to meet a bunch of girls. Yeah. Like, days I, for girls, well, hanging they, out with girls. They didn't know what they had signed up for. And so they got there, and and so I gave them the spiel, right? Like, and pull out a kid, and this is what we're going to make. That's awesome. And, and I'll tell you what, they dug in and did it. Yeah, um, good for them. It really is, is amazing, and it's easy to be part of. And a lot of, um, a lot of the men I found, like, especially at Pitt, tend to sign up for it to kind of round out their resume and their activities because it's a women's health issue. And so that makes them an interesting interview candidate. Yeah. Um, I also think it makes them an interesting human being. Like, yeah. you know, it's not just resume yeah, building, but um, yeah. but really uh, gives you a new perspective on life. So I do encourage men to come. Um, this is not a place where women are angry at men. Sometimes <laughs> we think like, oh, these feminists are all together. And uh, it's not, not like that, that at all. No. It's not like that at all. We're we're there to uplift each other, um, regardless of gender. So um, so it's been it's been fun to have to have men participate. Um, yeah, it's been really great. That's wonderful. And, and you're looking for an Iron Man. I'm looking for an Iron Man. That's yes, right. someone to take over the ironing. Um, or woman. I guess it could be an Iron Woman, but it seems like Iron Man just has that uh, superhero yeah. ring right now. That's, I love so. it. I love it. Well. Pastor Carrie and Carrie, thank you so much for being with us on this podcast tonight. It's been amazing talking with you and learning about what you're so passionate about, and that's serving others and, and lifting others through so many ways of empowering women, helping women. So thank you so much for being here. And we want to thank our listeners for joining us for this episode. And as you just heard, Pastor Carrie is doing great work, and she could really use your help. And to learn more about how you can help, Days for Girls, please go to www.justserve.org. That's www.justserve.org. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please, please, please be sure to rate us on iTunes or your podcast service of choice. And make sure to hit subscribe so you'll know when the next episode comes out. And until next time, roll up your sleeves and let's get to work.